Tom Swarbrick on LBC. With Motorway, sell your car quickly, easily and conveniently from home for free. Afternoon to you, 20 past five is the time. Tom Swarbrick in for Eddie Mayer here on LBC. In the wee small hours of this morning, this side of the Atlantic, Joe Biden gave his big State of the Union address. His domestic political difficulties are such that this speech was always going to be a big moment to sell his administration, but events in Ukraine give it global significance. Live from Washington, LBC's US correspondent, Simon Marks. Tom, no question that events in Ukraine are causing added complexities for President Biden. Within the last few minutes, the United Nations General Assembly has spoken. 141 votes there condemning Russia at the end of the emergency session. Belarus, North Korea, Syria and Eritrea joined the Kremlin in voting against the resolution. The Chinese abstained. The US ambassador to the UN claimed this morning that Vladimir Putin's forces are using cluster munitions and vacuum bombs in Ukraine, both banned under the Geneva Convention, a claim that fuels the argument for the Russian leader to face war crimes charges. But here in Washington, the halls of Congress are still echoing with that State of the Union address from President Biden, a hasty rewrite of its top to reflect the crisis in Ukraine, soaring rhetoric from the president to match all the Ukrainian flag waving taking place among the members of Congress who were listening. Six days ago, Russia's Vladimir Putin sought to shake the very foundations of the free world, thinking he could make it bend to his menacing ways. But he badly miscalculated. He thought he could roll into Ukraine and the world would roll over. Instead, he met with a wall of strength he never anticipated or imagined. He met the Ukrainian people. He paid tribute to the resilience of Ukrainians battling to stop their country from falling beneath Vladimir Putin's jackboot. He insisted Russia never saw Ukrainian resolve coming any more than it saw Western unity as a likely response to the Russian invasion. Together, along with our allies, we are right now enforcing powerful economic sanctions. We're cutting off Russia's largest banks in the international financial system, preventing Russia's central bank, from defending the Russian ruble. Tonight, I say to the Russian oligarchs and the corrupt leaders who built billions of dollars off this violent regime, no more. The United States, the United States Department of Justice is assembling a dedicated task force to go after the crimes of the Russian oligarchs. We're joining with European allies to find and seize their yachts, their luxury apartments, their private jets. We're coming for you, ill-begotten gains. And tonight, I'm announcing that we will join our allies in closing off American airspace to all Russian flights, further isolating Russia and adding additional squeeze on their economy. He has no idea what's coming. But nor do any of the rest of us, because while the president's speech was long on rhetoric, it was very short on specifics. Once again, he issued not a single demand of Vladimir Putin. It's astonishing, but at no point yet has he yet called for an immediate cessation of Russian hostilities, nor has he urged the Russian president to withdraw his forces from Ukraine. Those pleas would obviously fall on deaf ears, but they've never even been articulated. The president, though, did sound last night like a man who is not convinced that the Ukrainians can necessarily hold on. And we're clear-eyed. Ukrainians are fighting back with pure courage. But the next few days, weeks and months will be hard on them. 
Putin has unleashed violence and chaos. But while he may make gains on the battlefield, he'll pay a continuing high price over the long run. Some Republicans say he should have gone further. There's some backing among the president's opponents for the imposition of a no-fly zone, though the White House fears that it would lead to inevitable confrontation with Russia in the skies over Ukraine, conflict that could rapidly spark a war. Vladimir Putin's foreign minister, Sergei Lavrov, again warning today it could go nuclear. Now, Russia has gotten in deeper than they ever thought possible. That screech of tyres you can hear is the sound of the president's predecessor backpedaling just a week after he called Vladimir Putin savvy. Now Donald Trump says it was his decision to arm the Ukrainians that is giving them the chance to beat back the Russian onslaught. I think they're in much deeper than they thought, to a certain extent because of the, the weapons that I gave and that the Ukrainians used so well. I mean, they used so well, amazing. So I think Russia, they have to stop killing these people. They're killing all these people. But they don't respect the United States. And the United States is like, I don't know, they're, they're not doing anything about it. As ever, more front than Harrods. The president last night couched the conflict in Ukraine as a prime example of the battle he says is underway between democracies and autocracies for primacy in the 21st century. We will save democracy, he insisted last night, without offering any indication, apart from sanctions, as to how he plans to do it. Leaving the White House this morning for a trip to Wisconsin, President Biden was asked if he thought it was time for President Zelensky to evacuate. I think it's his judgment to make, and we're doing everything we can to help him. But as Ukraine's brave leader said earlier this week, he wants weapons and a no-fly zone, not a lift out of Kiev. President Biden made it clear last night that having seen polls indicating most Americans care more about the cost of filling their cars than they do about Ukrainian democracy, he will continue, Tom, to calibrate his response accordingly. And Simon, what did we make of the very cryptic line at the end of Joe Biden's State of the Union address? Having thanked the military, Joe Biden said, go get him. Who is he talking about? Yeah, I mean, it is very unclear as to whether that was an instruction uh, to go and get Vladimir Putin in some way, or I suspect more likely what he was saying to the American people about all the issues that he'd raised during the State of the Union address. Only the first 11 minutes was about Ukraine. The remaining 50 was all about the domestic uh, problems besetting the United States. It, it may well have been President Biden saying, to the American people, go get them uh, in terms of encouraging them uh, to begin the process of advancing America's recovery. But certainly uh, it set social media ablaze last night. Uh, there is no indication, though, that what the president was doing was giving any kind of uh, instruction to uh, his military forces or to anyone else uh, to go and, and directly uh, engage in any kind of conflict uh, with uh, the Russian leader, Vladimir Putin. Simon, thank you very much indeed. LBC's US correspondent Simon Marks.